You're listening to the Myers and Stroop Podcast. Your source for poor advice. Yeah, duh. Let's go with me. Useless information. Works for me. And oh, uh, did we mention fantasy football? With your hosts, Nate Myers and Tony Stroot. All right. Welcome. We are here for another episode of the Myers Stroot and ARP podcast. Um, I know you got myself, Nate Myers. If we want to be official, you'd be like, oh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Nate Myers. Uh, don't worry, I've got like 42 followers and I don't tweet, so don't don't pay attention. Um, and I'll allow my co-hosts to introduce themselves. You first, Andrew. I'm looking up how many Twitter followers, followers I have. Um, I'm the English voice of the podcast. Um, take that as you may. Uh, however, I've been playing this little game for, for a while now, so I feel like I, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about outside of Premier League soccer. Um, and yeah, finally, just go Team Great Britain in the Olympics. Tony Stroop, 62 Twitter followers. Suck it, Nate. Uh, although I'm sure like four of those are like previous accounts that I close out and don't use anymore, but still. 62 is a pretty good number. 20 more than yours if the uh, mask checks out. Yeah, uh, ready to, for tonight. Very excited. Uh, getting close to the season. It's got, a, what, five weeks now? Five weeks from kickoff? We're almost there. We can smell it. There's light light at the end of the tunnel. Five weeks. That's, that's good math, Tony. <laughs> Just straight down the calendar there. Just go yeah. One, two, three, four, five. That makes it easy. <laughs> Uh, so now that we we have camps have been in place, things have been hot. We've been seeing news pumping through. We're seeing also some injuries, um, drama. I mean, starting off, Andrew, is there any single single news note right now that is kind of popping and catching your attention? Uh, well, there's one that's been pretty much ongoing for a few months now, um, and it's the one that's closest to home for us, at least. There's Deshaun Watson. Um, there's mixed reports. <clears throat> It kind of changes on a daily basis as to what's going on here, whether the Broncos are interested, whether the Eagles are interested. The Eagles were the latest team. However, I did see a report today that said that the Texans still think there's a chance that he will stay in play. Um, and they're ignoring a lot of trade offers that are coming in now. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah, which was a little bit interesting. kind of flies in the face of everything that we've read previously. So to me, that sounds more like... Um, anti up to all the other teams in the league because otherwise we're going to keep this guy um i really don't see him playing again for the texans uh, unless they want to throw him in with the four stringers in the in the preseason game and we'll see what happens there well i i think one of the things is that because right now there's still a lot of unknowns the his value is probably not as high as it will be a year from now uh when he's still got what 12 13 14 years of nfl career if he stays healthy they, i think they would rather just lose a year pay $30 million it cost this year, whatever it is. And then next year, when he's not going to be suspended for anything, he's ready to go fully healthy, excited to start on a new team. That's when they can command a, a King's Ransom for him. Uh, right now, I think teams are at least a little dicey on maybe two first, but I don't know. we got to get some some contingencies here. I think next year is when they think they're, his value is going to be a lot higher. So I think they're waiting to get that major, major uh, trade offer before they pull the pull the trigger uh, too soon. It's it's a it's definitely tough 
um, for everyone involved. Because I mean, if they're going to keep him and they still think that they could even play him, um, <laughs> will he will he refuse to play? I, I'm not sure if you guys have seen any of um, training camp so far um, since they've been back. But when he was practicing with his helmet on, he was the four string quarterback. They played him at safety, safety. on some <laughs> of the players. I, I think he was playing fullback and another one. It, it, they're treating him like the intern. Um, they're making it clear that to me that he's not wanted. Um, now saying something, uh, you know, that's one side of it, but actions is the other side of it, and you know, it doesn't line up right now. Gotta line him up at uh, like left guard and let the uh, defensive line kind of plow him down a couple of times, kind of mm-hmm. set him straight. I think they also don't want to risk injury, so maybe that maybe that's not a good idea. And it's been oddly quiet too about everything going on on the legal side of <laughs> all these lawsuits and you know these alleged cases against him. And NFL has been pretty locked about it. So I mean, even even though all this trade activity or rumors and all the all the weird things going on at Houston right now, and it's it doesn't really take into account like what's going to happen in terms of his ability to actually play and then legally. Sure. Um, so let's just, out of curiosity, let's just say Philly does strike a deal. Does that mean Hertz is coming to would come to Houston with a bevy of draft picks? I don't see how he wouldn't. I mean, they would want a quarterback in return unless they think the the kid from Stanford with their third round pick is going to be the option or Tyrod Taylor. Uh, yeah, I think they want some kind of at least starting point for for their team. I mean, they're no matter who they have at quarterback, even if it's Deshaun Watson half assing it or Jalen Hurts actually trying. I don't see how this team doesn't get a top five pick next year and pretty good chance at locking in number one. Uh, but I think they would have to get a quarterback along with those, uh, those additional first round picks in the future. Um, I don't know if it has to be Jalen hurts. I mean, he at least has a lot of upside. At least a lot of people say that he does. Uh, or if another team does a slightly lesser quarterback, like a, Oh, I don't know, like a, a Derek Carr, maybe. I mean, we, we already kind of know what he's uh, he's going to do. Maybe he's got less value. Somebody like that. Um, yeah, I think they're at least going to require some kind of quarterback. Tyrod Taylor and uh, who is who is the kid out of Stanford? I can't think of his name. On the Texans, Davis Mills. Davis Mills. There you go. I, I don't think they want either of those guys to be starting as uh, no. anything here. So I, I think they're trying. The Eagles, at least, are trying to shift Nick Foles. And there's obviously a lot of talk this week with the Colts and the Wentz injury. Um, you mean the Bears? I'm sure they. Sorry, sorry. I just jumped all <laughs> He's over. He's moving around. But um, going back to the Eagles, Zach Ertz is a contract that they're trying to do something with as well. So mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me if you know they, they try and package him into some kind of deal. Once last time, the Texans had a, a tight end that they could rely on. I think it was uh, Owen Daniels. Um, <laughs> but it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like a trade with Miami would make more sense and, and get Tua and possibly Xavier Howard. Um, and kind of figure out draft picks from there. But I don't know. I, I, I admire the Texans for kind of staying strong to a degree and just allowing this to play out. So it's going to be interesting. You would think any trade offer they have right now is probably extremely low relative to what Deshaun Watson in in terms of ability is worth. Uh, but yeah, with all the unknowns, I don't know if anybody can really offer anywhere close to his fair market value. So if they were to accept anything right now, they'd be laughed at out of the room, just like they did with the DeAndre Hopkins trade last year. So, yeah, I don't think they want to make that same mistake again with uh, Nick Casario now after uh, after what Bill O'Brien kind of 
did a scorched earth uh, policy for the final year and a half of his uh, his tenure there. So In Deshaun Watson, oh. yeah, yeah, I was going to say, let's go to you, Tony, as far as, you know, what, what other <laughs> shocking news or what do you think's been, I guess, attention grabbing uh, NFL news right now? Yeah, I, I've got two. Uh, first is for my kind of team allegiance, which is the Colts. And holy shit, I mean, Carson Wentz goes down with his ankle injury, finds out that he has apparently a, a loose bone in his ankle that potentially has been going on since uh, high school, been kind of uh, steadily getting worse now to the point that he needs surgery. So now he's all of a sudden out five to 12 weeks. Uh, and like two days later, two days later, Quentin Nelson, probably the best uh, offensive lineman in the NFL, he's going to get a gigantic contract next year. And he gets, I mean, it's a different uh, specific injury, but same damn situation, same uh, ankle goes down. And he needs the same type of surgery uh, to repair whatever he's got going on. So both um, cold starting quarterback and the top offensive lineman on the team are both down within like two or three days of each other. And it's really shitty. Like I, I, I never liked the Carson Wentz trade in the first place. Uh, was never a big fan of it. I kind of grew to accept it, tolerate it. And might even say I, I was a little optimistic that uh, if he was healthy, yeah, by all means, go for it. But now that he's already out for at least a, a game or two, potentially all the way through kind of mid to late October, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm scared. Although the the one consolation prize is if he misses five games and a couple more snaps later on in the season, then that uh, that tr- the, the trade they made with him, uh, it's basically a second round that moves up to a first round if he plays a certain amount of snaps and or uh, or, or he plays a little bit fewer snaps and makes the playoffs. If they only play that amount, then it only becomes a second round pick instead of a first round pick. They have to get up next year. So, so there's that's motivation fine. for him to play. There's a little motivation for him to to not play. I mean, that, that's what the Eagles want. I don't think Carson Wentz cares either way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, talk about that if you want to hear in a bit. But I also want to hit on my my fantasy situation, which is goddamn Cam Akers had him in so many leagues, so many dynasty leagues, and uh, the guy. Uh, is already out for the year in like the first or second practice of, of training camps. So uh, that whole situation with Daryl Henderson, Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, who knows what the hell's going to happen there. I mean, Daryl Henderson's the the guy right now, but it seems like all the talk is on the, the sophomore and the rookie on whether or not they're going to be a committee again, which is looking likely uh, whether or not Daryl Henderson is going to even stay healthy enough to play. Uh, the Rams, running back situation went from like kind of top 10 ish in the league down to one of the least appealing from a fantasy perspective. I'll have to admit um, in a draft that I know we're doing right now uh, where we have a pretty sizable roster space that includes IDP (laughs) players. You start four running backs, some obscene amount, eight wide receivers. And is it four? Is is it eight wide receivers? It's, Two quarterbacks, four running backs, six wide receivers, two tight ends, two flex, uh, two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs, one IDP flex. Um, uh, two kickers. There might be kickers. A lot. Yeah, two kickers. A lot. It's like, it's like A lot. 27 or 28 starters. Okay, 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 okay. So It's ridiculous. There's there's a lot I of players. It. I, I kind of like dropped my head in shame 
when I was looking at running backs recently and I was like, you know what? Okay. I think Kareem Hunt seems like a good, a good, I think what, fifth round, sixth round pick, fifth round, I think, I think we're, we're on right round. now. You got him in the sixth. Yeah. I was like, that, that seems like a good deal. And then shortly thereafter, Daryl Henderson went. And I was just like, fuck. Um, I, I How did I? I completely forgot. You know, it's it's things well, like he's that. Ranked in, that. Well, he's still ranked in the like 250s on on sleeper right now, so it was one of those. Yeah, kind of for him. is oversight. It but was. I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure you did anything wrong there. I, I feel like you, we all know the role of Hunt. We don't necessarily mm-hmm. know the role of Henderson going into the season. It could be, um, you know, a committee. They could bring back a Todd Gurley. Me and Nate, you, you know, we talked about this the other day. Gurley's divorce with the Rams was ugly, so. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But there, there's Levy on Bell. There's a few other vets they could bring in, and this could just become like a three-headed monster. You know the role of Hunt. We don't know Henderson. He's a little bit uh, risk reward, but I wouldn't necessarily say that you did anything wrong in that situation. Yeah, I'd say Henderson is a higher higher potential ceiling and a much lower floor. Kareem Hunt is probably a very so- solid RB twelve, RB fifteen in a league like this where you're starting four running backs every week. He's a set and forget kind of guy. Yeah, I guess it was more depressed that I didn't think about it, you know, yeah. that 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 I didn't, I should have known. Um, and I, I think that's one of the, the things with these sometimes fantasy drafting sites is when you see these news and notes and cam makers, which I definitely think that's impactful, um, especially for dynasty leagues where, you know, most likely you drafted him fairly high in a rookie draft. Um, and then he goes down and it impacts just the the Rams in general and their their offense, you know, I think it also increases the value of Stafford, increases the value of sure. potentially those receivers and Higby and you know, I think it's it shifts the narrative a little bit. But uh I don't know. I agree with you there. I do think that, you know, from my from my point of view, I know Aaron Rodgers getting settled. I know it's about old news right now. <laughs> but at least him going back having Devonta Adams kind of more tied in, ready to go, I think is, it's impactful. Um, just because there's a lot of question marks about that. Like what, is Rodgers going to trade? If he does get traded, how's that going to infect Devonta Adams? Is he going to hold out? What does that mean, you know, for Aaron Jones? Does he become useless then because they're trying to start Jordan Love? And I think with having, having Rodgers back in place, and that helped solidify a lot of question marks in terms of real NFL performance, but then fantasy, uh, there were a lot of question marks. Uh, so I think that was, that was impactful news to me as far as what's been going on. So I was going to qu- give you guys a quick quiz question. You know, I enjoy doing these. Um, and I hope that you haven't already read the report. Pub quiz. Because um, that would kind of ruin it. But which ex-Colts quarterback said that he'd be interested in possibly returning to the NFL. Philip Rivers. Uh, oh, I wanted, I wanted somebody to guess. Oh, I wanted an Andrew, an Andrew Luck guess. Uh, would it be nah. Just to excite Tony for a little bit. Now, nah, you know I'm staying on top of that news. Anytime I see mm-hmm. any kind of Colts news, even if it's about a third string like linebacker or second round or second uh, backup punter, uh, I stay on top of my guys because I nothing gets will hate you the team this year. Oh, we know you stay on top of your guys, dude. <laughs> Sometimes they stay on top of me. Well, <laughs> with 
the Hungarian bobsled. Give her in and take her. I, we, we respect you, and that's why we, we love having you. That's why you're a co-host on this podcast. Balanced lifestyle. <laughs> don't, don't ask how I earned that uh, that co-host ability there. Well, a lot of favors here. Worked away a lot of pretty quickly. <laughs> so I'm trying to think if there was anything else newsworthy right now. Obviously, there's Michael Thomas, and I know the, the injury to him – pushing him out a little bit. I know there's questions on if he should have had surgery earlier, if he should have tried to rehab uh, and essentially work with his, his foot being the way it was or ankle. Um, And I know, I think even recently there was what Galladay they mentioned had an injury as well that might put him out a few weeks. Yeah. Um, And you're just having a mix of even COVID cases around the board, which, that's not that's not going away too. I mean, with what we see right now in the U.S. and globally, I we're still going to be impacted by that during these games. Well, Lamar Jackson already showed that he can get it twice. Yep, got it once last year. Got it again. Uh, I don't know about two weeks ago. But yeah, the, uh, the these new variants. I mean, probably don't need to go into too much detail here. I'm sure everybody's in the loop on what's going on there. But yeah, it's gonna. Make things a little dicey. Come, uh, come kick off here in five weeks, in thirty-five days from today. If you're coming. and we've mentioned it before, one of our favorite things from last year was getting Tuesday night football, Wednesday night football, yeah. Friday night football. We'll see if the NFL will be flexible again with that. Uh, I know that they're pushing vaccinations uh, pretty hard, but like you've just said, I mean, vaccinated people are getting this as well, so that doesn't prevent a game kind of being cancelled or moved. It's also going to be really tricky with selling tickets to fans this season um so they're gonna look at it from that standpoint too which is going to be tricky well since the the nfl implemented their policy where if your team has to cancel and i I don't know if it means you can't reschedule or you're just unable to do anything or if it's just you can't play on sunday then then it's canceled uh you lose two weeks and the team is fined like 70 million dollars and i think the other team also i don't know if they're fine but they're also unable to play those two games uh, like it puts the onus on the owners of the team now saying, Hey, okay, now you're impacting my, my checkbook here. So I've got a feeling the, the gym or says of the, of the NFL are going around saying, all right, get your shit together guys. Uh, I know that a lot of the low end teams, it was actually Washington and Indy were the two lowest by a pretty large margin in terms of percentage of players vaccinated. Uh, they're both kind of on the way up. They're both, they went from 60 and 63% up to the high seventies, maybe eighties by now. I think uh, Minnesota is the, uh, the lowest. And they, they also had the breakout with all their quarterbacks a couple of days ago, or last week, whenever that was. But yeah, there's a couple of teams that are, they have some work to do. But uh, the last stat I saw is that like 88% of all NFL players are now at least partially vaccinated. So the, by the, the interesting, time, the, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, by, by the, I was just saying, by the time the, the season comes around, I would think a good chunk of them just, they kind of threaten the, the players' checkbooks. I mean, like, Darius Leonard, uh, he's due for probably one of the biggest uh, linebacker contracts in the league uh, soon. They're negotiating it right now with the Colts, but he's also very staunchly kind of anti-getting this vaccine. So I've got to think that his agents and and the Colts are probably back and forth on on that saying, hey, you get the vaccine, we'll go ahead and knock this out right now. If you don't, then we're going to drag it out. You might get less money. I I don't know if that's even something Mm -hmm. they can try to try to put into it, but Surely it's something they're at least thinking about. I don't know. It'd be I'm interesting. Not to those conversations. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see if a team that's even 100% vaccinated, if they have a breakout of a new variant, how that would be treated. You know? Sure. Because it's going to happen. 
it's gonna. It will. I mean, it's oh, it's, it's it inevitable. Yeah. So we can. I think we're all. We've had our fix of those conversations. So we can. We can move on. I guess out of. Out of all the training cap news that we have right now, um, for for yourself, Tony and Andrew, is there any single player that you think's been who do you think's been the most hyped out of preseason news? Uh, is there any particular player where you're like, you know what, like I, what we've seen and what we've heard has impacted or influenced maybe my my potential draft feel for these players or appetite to trade for these players? Najee Harris has been getting a ton of great PR for, from his performance so far. I mean, he was already the RB10 or RB11 or whatever it is uh, in a lot of redrafts right now. But yeah, I think he's kind of moved himself into that low-end RB1 tier of with like Zeke Elliott and Jonathan Taylor. So he can be the fifth, sixth, seventh guy off the board if somebody's feeling a little risky. I know when... Uh, it was Saquon Barkley came back out in 2017 or 2018, whatever that was. Uh, he was the kind of heralded top guy that year. He was the number two overall draft pick. Um, he was going in a lot of redraft leagues kind of toward the end of the first round, which for a rookie is usually kind of crazy. But he ended up paying off in dividends because he ended up being the RB2 that year, I believe. Uh, I think a lot of people are thinking Najee has that potential to be that guy this year. And especially the Steelers are always have maybe not the best, but always a pretty damn good running back. So if he's got the talent and the the circumstances to make it happen, uh, yeah, I think he's already moved himself up a couple of tiers. Yeah, uh, there's, there's probably been about, I'll be quick firing them off, but I, I've seen reports on about five different guys, and these are not players who've just got massive thighs, which you guys know I, I generally target in fantasy football. But um, CD Lamb um, mm-hmm. and everything that I've seen has looked explosive. Because looking at that offense last year, it was like, okay, probably Cooper is number one, Gallup number two, CD Lamb's a rookie, he's going to come in number three. Um, it's looking more and more, based on reports, like Lamb could be the number one, um, and then Cooper number two, and Gallup number three this year. But I mean, Gallup's no, no slouch there either. But so CD Lamb, um, Austin Eckler has looked good too, um, as far as pass catching out the back. Uh, the rookie quarterbacks I've seen some coverage on, um, Justin Fields and Trey Lance. So again, it's putting a lot of pressure on Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo and the head coaches as far as who's your starting quarterback week one. You know, they're, they're trying to keep mum on that. So um, we'll kind of see how that develops. But yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a lot of these younger guys, the rookies are really pressing and um, trying to get, you know, the starting position week one. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops. Yeah, I agree. It's been kind of quiet in terms of quarterbacks. Um, I know the one player that's also kind of caught my attention a little bit, just if you want to get influenced. I do think Travis Etienne is, you see a lot of news um, out of Jack's camp, specifically about him. And I know Meyer will say, oh, he's, you know, or you'll read highlights like, oh, he's, he's what, un, uncoverable. Um, and you always hear that, that, that same, hype, yeah. that same crap that's hyped up, but I do, I am curious to see how that guy plays out. Um, it was enough to kind of sway me, you know, recently to, to take a chance versus, you know, maybe go somebody that has a, a higher floor, um, knowing that maybe he could potentially pan out. Um, you know, it's been relatively quiet, I think on wide receivers as well, at least the, 
the name brand wide receivers. You see a little bit um, out of San Francisco with their wide receiver core, um, you know, with between Brandon and uh, Debo, <laughs> Mr. Debo. Debo. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have a preference between Ayuk and, and Debo, but uh, there seems to be a lot of hype there. Seeing them both on the field healthy, I mean, Debo was banged up pretty much all the last year, and especially before IU came on. Uh, so seeing them both on there, I think it's going to be a good one-two combo. Uh, I actually just drafted literally 20 seconds ago. I just drafted IU uh, in our loaded league. And I think it's it's going to be big things for Kittle as well, having both of them sure. as destruction pieces. Uh, probably takes away a bit of a double team from the defense looking at stopping him. So they can have the three of those guys healthy and they make the right decision at quarterback. We'll see what that is. I'm, I'm not going to I play the head coach right now, but that offense could be explosive. So the one the one player that I have not heard anything about, it's been awfully quiet considering how tremendously hyped they were, uh, not only in the, the real NFL draft, but in fantasy drafts, but Pitts. Um, yeah. Uh, it's been really quiet in terms of I don't know if anybody's read anything about how he's performed in camps. There hasn't I pers- I haven't read anything about like you know he's has amazing separation from defenders or you know there's an instant connection with Matt Ryan. You don't you don't I haven't seen any of that. Well, um, I, I I just googled his name. Top story is our training camp buzz. Falcons T.E. Kyle Pitts shows off his hands with spectacular grab. And practice report: Unreal Kyle Pitts catch highlights spirited first day in pads. Obviously, hype reports, but yeah, it, it took a while. It, I guess two days ago is when they finally kind of paid attention to him. Yeah, I haven't heard much out of Atlanta at all. Is, is there any mention of Mike Davis's thighs on their storylines? So? Uh, I'll have to scroll through. I'll do a troll F and see if Mike Davis is on there. But those, those are, yeah, those are impressive. We we can talk off one. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe a little bit later tonight after uh, after our wives go to sleep. I'm trying to think if there's there's anybody else um, just from training camp news worth noting. I know we're still seeing some battles. Um, I know there's been noted quarterback battles specifically. I know we still in Denver. You have Locke and Bridgewater going back and forth. There's still questions in San Francisco. Um, I know there's. There is going to be question marks in Chicago as far as how that's going to play out and when his field's going to come in. Um, are there any other major quarterback competitions going on right now that you guys think are impactful? I, I don't. I wouldn't call us a competition just because of how shitty they're going to be. Um, mm-hmm. But the Texans, I don't think Tyrod's the starter probably midway through the season. I, th- I think they're just going to let him you know, do his thing for a little bit. Yeah, if we, think, if, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, no, I was going to say, I think they may be... There's one game I've circled on the schedule, and it's when they play the Jags at home that I think they could win that game. <laughs> Outside of that, if Tyrod is a starter, I, I think he gets benched after maybe seven, eight weeks. They go to Davis Mills probably at that point. This is all under the assumption that Deshaun, Deshaun Watson doesn't put on um, Texans jersey again. So but, do you think uh, Davis Mills' uh, agent is maybe kind of trying to hire a uh, the Chargers medical personnel to yeah. give him a little stabby stab? <laughs> the old lung needle move, yeah. yeah. Classic, Q, classic. Q sabotage guy. music classic. now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, I, you know, it's not really a competition, but I feel like there's going to be some changes at quarterback on that team for sure. 
so how many how many teams do we actually let's just count just out of curiosity how many teams do we think actually genuinely have a quarterback issue right now i i'm not going to include like garoppolo and sure. trey lance because we know trey lance is going to be the direction there eventually sure field fields is going to be the direction in chicago wilson is now in new york we know that lawrence is the direction in jacksonville where are there teams that how many teams do we have in the league that have true quarterback situations so i'd say denver's denver's definitely one who's number two I'll I, throw a wild card out there. Uh, Washington. Uh, while I, I know they, they, they like Fitzpatrick, but he's always just a, a Band-Aid for a, a long-term solution for all these teams. I agree I with think that. They, I, I think they like Taylor Heineke. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they've seen enough to say he's going to be the starter, but I think he's kind of they're keeping him on the back burner just in case it's Fitz tragic more than Fitz magic. But, yeah, I don't know if uh, Fitz is going to make it through October uh, as the starter there. Um, so, so Denver and Washington. Who else do we have? I'd say the Houston. Pa- the Sorry, Houston. We'll, we'll keep Houston in there. An easy yeah. one. Uh, Patriots. I think if things don't go well at the beginning of the season, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cam. So I will say, at least with Jones kind of in the wings, I do think that that one's a little bit less cloudy in the future. Like if Cam doesn't pan out, you know they're going to shift. And they've got a quarterback to shift to that they've got first round draft capital in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Houston, you don't. Denver, you don't. Um, how about the uh, How about the New Orleans Saints? Also, foul. Fair. Yep. So four. So that that puts us at at four at the moment. Um, in terms of teams with question marks at quarterback, is there anybody else that we? We Who do the Falcons have as a backup quarterback? Because while I think Ryan is the de facto starter, he's also very expensive, and I think they're looking to cut him once they can do that. Okay, they've got AJ McCarron and Felipe Franks, so yeah, I think he's going to be there for a while. Yeah, so, nothing. They should have kept Matt Schaub out of retirement. Um, how about another relative to the Patriots would be Minnesota Vikings. I could see a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins if he's in his final year of his contract. Yeah, I believe if they don't start the season well, um, is it Kellen Mond who's backing him up that mm-hmm. must be pushing him there? I can see him being similar to Matt Ryan. I, I just I don't know. I know you guys probably disagree with me, but I just don't see them pulling and benching Cousins. I just I think he'll play the season unless he gets hurt. Um, I just have a hard time seeing them putting a a rookie well, in. What if they start the season two and six and playoffs are extremely unlikely at that point? Do they say, okay, well, why not? Let's go ahead and try try for next year. Go ahead and put the rook in. Or do maybe they in that case, out? maybe in that case, but then you know Cousins is done in Minnesota. Also true. Could be just um, an, an impulsive move as well as a head coach to try and you know hold on to his own job. Like, yeah, let, let's just change this out and see if this will work. I guess, and that that's a good point. And I, Minnesota is valid. I think you know the, what I was trying to get at. You know, even that gives us like five to six teams in the NFL. I feel like of all the seasons we've had in a while, and maybe it's just recency bias, but this is the least amount of teams we've had where there's been question marks at the quarterback spot. And you know that there's going to be another round of quarterbacks coming in next year. And yeah, we're going to see Roethlisberger potentially retire. We don't know about Brady. 
you do mention the Cousins and Matt Ryan aspect and who knows what happens with Aaron Rodgers. And there's some natural attrition. But, I mean, with all the talent that's coming in, I do think at some point in time we're going to get to this point where there's a surplus of, like, quality talent pushing quality talent. I agree. Um, it's We're getting there. I, I, I do think in the next two to three years we're going to get in a, a weird position. Go ahead, Andrew. I was going to say, another one who might be a slightly level down is the New York Giants for me. Also Um, true. Again, if if they start the season weak with the weapons that they've put around Daniel Jones and he can't get it done the first, I don't know, four or five weeks of the season, they're going to start reassessing that position. Now, I was going to just mention that the the tricky part about the two-quarterback situation is, I mean, obviously the salary cap. uh, Now with it ballooning up and it's probably going to be a half billion dollars next year or whatever it is. Uh, teams really can't afford to have a $30 million quarterback and a $20 million backup. They Maybe they can with the, the right way to kind of put the cap around. But yeah, eventually, I mean, we're in an era where there's 40, you know, maybe not great, but at least kind of starter level quarterbacks in the league. There, there's a lot of backups that can start on some other teams uh, right now. And I don't know. Once it kind of gets to a, a point, like you said, and they hear in a couple of years, it's one of those things that the surplus, there's not much you can do about it. I don't know if that's going to bring the value down to some of these quarterbacks just because they have slightly inferior, much cheaper options they can go with. Uh, I, I'm curious to see, to see what's going to happen. But yeah, as we get another five, six, seven starter quality quarterbacks every single draft class now, who knows what it's going to look like uh, in a couple of years, especially with only Brady, Cousins, Ryan, Roethlisberger, only a handful of quarterbacks realistically going to wrap their careers up here in the next couple of years. It's certainly going to put a lot more pressure on the fringe quarterbacks who are already under the gun, like even Derek Carr as well, I think, with the Raiders, you know. How long are they going to say, he's our guy, he's our guy, until they turn on him? Um, All it takes with these teams is a a week, first month for the season, and they their loyalties change pretty quickly. Sure. So I think the the reality is, I mean, I know we can we look at what what happened or what we've seen recently, and yeah, we can map out what it looked like in the future. I'm sure it's there is going to be natural attrition, like we said, and people are going to fall off, and people are going to retire, people will get hurt, and you have the right amount of people coming in from college that it just fits just right. But, I mean, I, I would be interested. I mean, we see it with running back where now it's, you know, running back by committee because you do have an increased number of running backs. Injuries play a toll. I mean, you look at the average lifespan of running back. We're looking at – we look at running backs now that are 27, 28, and we're being skeptical to draft them because we're worried about their age. Like, you know, it, we're it, – It's getting to a point now where, where I think it's almost in a team's best effort to just draft a guy, run him into the ground, and then don't mm-hmm. give him a new contract. I mean, how often are you seeing running backs get that second contract now? It's almost, you know, it, it, it's a silly move just because the amount of mileage you put on the legs, it's uh, for them to survive another four years or five years you should start, it's just not going to happen. So just drafting a guy, and it sounds horrible and it sounds unfair, but get him in work him out, you know, get him in there for, for three downs. And then when the end of his contract, just let him move on and do the same thing over and over again. Well, the part that really sucks is, I mean, if, if you're a, a top 10 or even top 20 pick like Najee Harris, yeah, you, your first 
four-year contract is going to be for $15 million, $18 million, billion. But if you're a fourth-round, fifth-round running back that you emerge as the, the guy for your team, and you're on that rookie deal, yeah, you might only make $3 million or so over that first contract. And yeah, your body could be run into the ground. And not to say you can't live off of $3 million. You absolutely can. But relative to your peers, if you're done after three or four years on that minuscule contract, that's going to suck. Uh, although I, I can see a lot of people, a lot of players just simply stand, standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to do this. Uh, like with Zadie and Howard this year, I said, I, I've outperformed my contract. I want a new one. Otherwise, trade me because I'm not going to play here again. I think a lot of a lot of players are standing up for themselves this year, just kind of realizing how much money the NFL owners are really making and such a relatively small piece of the pie for the guys actually doing all the work. Um, yeah, I think running backs, especially just because they have the shortest careers, unless you count Frank Gore, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they're going to have one of the biggest voices in that whole matter. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how it all... I don't know how it continues to play out. I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where we have quarterbacks by committee. Um, but with, again, with the season extending out and you know that, I mean, I think these owners, we're going to see a transition then playing the long game more than trying to push players to last the entire season and knowing people need to be fresh and healthy for playoffs. If that's what they're trying to do. I mean, these players get beaten down. Um, and I don't know. I know quarterbacks need more reps, and quarterback by committee sounds pretty crazy, but I think we will see it in New Orleans this year in some shape or form. Um, and who knows if that becomes <laughs> maybe in five years' time when we're talking about fantasy drafts, you have a quarterback QBBC, sure. uh, and you're yeah. running back by committee, and you know wide receivers are already pretty saturated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting how that's how it changes strategy for even long-term dynasty formats. Yeah, got to draft your uh, your quarterback handcuff. <laughs> Looking at uh, James Robinson here, I think is probably the prime example from last year. Yeah, undrafted bell cow running back who finishes the top four, top five uh, running back last year, and uh, yeah, made six hundred and ten thousand dollars. He's making more this year. He's making seven hundred and eighty. However, he can be cut at any moment for like nothing. He has a dead cap of three thousand dollars. So. He has zero, basically zero guaranteed uh, for the rest of his contract. So if they decide that Etienne is the answer, thank you for running you into the ground last year, James, but we're done with you. I don't know if Urban Meyer is going to do that. I think they're going to kind of split up efforts, but yeah, that they at least have that option to do it right now. And that kind of sucks for those guys. Well, that's it. If, if you go, if you go through even in your head right now and think which running back is starting on an NFL team who is starting on that same NFL team six years ago. How many guys sure. can you come up with? You know, it, Ezekiel Elliott is, has he been? Is that six years for him? Maybe you this know, is his sixth year. He was drafted in 2016. So there's not many, um, and teams are wising up to it. The, the business side of it, I think, and, and just acknowledging the fact that these guys are somewhat replaceable, as much as we don't want to hear those words from them. Yeah, the guys like Stephen Jackson back in the day, they don't really exist anymore. Where they can just play eight, nine years at a high level. Uh, yeah, they, they churn them out and swap them out pretty quickly, pretty effortlessly and pretty uh, guilt-free too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty wild. All right. Well, I know that's kind of the what I led into. The, uh, what is the What are the teams that have quarterback situations right now? Um, I guess shifting kind of a recap and kind of closing out this podcast, um, 
I know I've seen some quite a bit of trade activity pushing back and forth, and especially with all the news and notes we see, I know different different owners try to take advantage of what we see in different situations, or it sparks interest in different players by owners. Um, and I know I troll some fantasy sites just to pay attention to potential trades and provide feedback to other owners, which hopefully ruins their season. Um, but I've got a couple questions for you. So I'll kind of give you the format. So this individual, it's a 14 team league and it's a half point PPR tight end premium. So one point PPR to the tight end. One um, additional or just one, like one versus full, half full point, full point PPR tight end half versus everybody else, else. wide receivers okay. and running backs. Um, so the trade is Dobbins for Jerry Judy and a 2022 first round pick, which is a mid pick. Now I say that with the preface that this owner who would be receiving Judy also already has Michael Thomas, AJ Brown, McLaurin, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Sutton. Uh, so that would double him up with Denver wide receivers. Um, he also currently has Barkley and Henry to go along with Dobbins. Yeah, in a 14-team so, league, that is stacked already. I, I think with Michael Thomas going down, I would be in favor of, of Judy plus the pick. I mean, he, he's, he's in a win-now kind of team, it sounds like. Uh, I'm trying to think of a 14-team roster versus a 10-team, and that, that sounds pretty damn good. Um, I mean, Dobbins couldn't hurt, but at the same time, he's expendable if you've got the two guys ahead of him. Uh, yeah, I think just to lock up the wide receiver core, I'd rather do that, and then you get that bonus uh, first-round pick for next year and keeps on, and it keeps you going. So to be clear, um, it is a two-wide receiver uh, starting league with three flex spots. Oh wow! Okay. Wow. You know, I, I I'm I'm kind of leaning. I, I don't know if all of the um everything that goes into this right. I don't know the the opposition team, but it, it's a little bit curious to me that you'd want to back up your RB one and two with someone else who's solid, especially when you've got four starting wide receivers who could be studs. To to add on to that and give yourself a deficit at running back. If one of those guys goes down, I'd rather have, you know, a couple of backups in place at both those positions. So I'm not entirely sure why he's made the move in the first place, especially considering it doesn't look like anyone's really going to be stealing the job from, from Dobbins. Yeah. So for perspective, majority, overwhelmingly majority said or preferred the Judy and 2021 mid first over Dobbins um, and so I, I felt a little contrarian and I guess aligned with you Andrew to where if I'm already sitting on Sutton and knowing kind of the challenges in Denver right now kind of last thing I want to do is double up on a Denver wide receiver especially if I've got Barkley and Henry and Dobbins is you know to me he's an up-and-coming running back with a lot of potential this year that you could potentially flip him for more. I feel like he can only gain value. Um, the other thing I was considering and I didn't share with you guys is his tight ends are Higby, Tanyan, and Njoku. So in a yeah. tight end premium league. Yeah, that's not like, great. Why, well, why but not, also 14 team though. But 
yeah, still. Correct, but even 14 teams, and that makes maybe keeping a, a running back like Dobbins more impactful. Well, and also with you know, four, four flex spots, so you can start five five tight ends if you, if you have the ability to. Four. Yeah. Uh, you have three flex spots, so you could start three, okay. three tight, four tight ends. Now, now granted, so it's, it's, the, the tight end premium doesn't really still bring them to the level of kind of top tier running backs and wide receivers, but still, yeah, it, it correct that extra value. It, the, it was interesting. The question yeah, I've got though is: is are we judging the trade as far as? who won and who got the better side of it because I think we're kind of looking at it in two different ways. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the owner that's got Dobbins and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the trade, but if I'm judging it off of two other people, which is probably the way I should have looked at it from the first place, um, I potentially look at it from a, a different way and say, you know what, maybe getting that extra pick. I don't know. I, I just feel like, Oh, are we judging the trade itself? Or are we judging the owner who made the trade, who, who, gave away Dobbins, you know? So I'm looking at it from, I guess, from the perspective of put yourself in the owner's shoes with their current roster construction and the league setup. And, you know, what would be your advice there um, based on that? So I guess that was, it's interesting. I think it could go either way. Um, my next one that I have for you guys, just out of curiosity. So this would be just a standard 12-team league um with just one point ppr um would you which side would you rather be on tyree kill and lavisca chenault or terry mclaurin and jk dobbins just as overall scoring it by the end of the season just who would you rather have on your team if which, which side of that trade would you rather be on not knowing anything about Roster construction, just which which combination of those players would you rather have? Hill and Chenault or McLaurin and Dobbins? I think this goes back to the classic um, risk-reward. I'd say the mm-hmm. risk-reward would be probably the Hill-Chenault. The safer option here would be the Dobbins-McLaurin. Um, I, myself, I'm more of a safe play kind of guy, so I'd probably land on the, on the Dobbins. Uh, McLaurin side and just hope that McLaurin goes off Dobbins just steals that job and just goes crazy with it and hope that Tyreek Hill just doesn't you know go nuts this season and the same with LaVisca but yeah I'd probably be on the side of Dobbins yeah I'm, I'm gonna be the contrarian here I'm, I'm gonna go Tyreek and on that I'm team uh, team dreadlocks there um, I think when you get a chance to get a top one wide receiver I mean depending on your thoughts on him he can be the best in the in the league right now, or at least a top three kind of guy, um, you gotta got you gotta take the chance to lock those guys in. McLaurin has the chance to be a top five guy himself, so I don't want to discount his abilities. But uh, I think Chenault's got a lot of upside, like a ton of upside, especially now that he's got a real quarterback throwing to him. Uh, I mean, again, I we know that Dobbins is going to get the chance. Uh, I haven't really seen anything that I super duper love about the guy. He he did admirably with uh, with uh, Mark Ingram last year, but. I don't know if he's going to be in that kind of bell cow kind of quarterback that, or running back that a lot of people seem to think that he's just ready to, to take on. He can prove me wrong here in five weeks, 35 days. Uh, but right now, I don't think I'd really want to push for him too hard. Uh, yeah, I'd lock in the two receivers and not think back. I, I th- and I don't necessarily think that there is a bell cow role in the Baltimore offense with Lamar also Jackson fair. there. Also fair. Um, but, and, and Nate, just a side note, it would be interesting to hold on to these questions with our answers 
so that we can review them at the end of the season and, and just so we can see how, how dumb we are when it comes to <laughs> Well, I've got a, a couple real quick ones too. So would you rather have Miles Gaskin or a 2022 first round pick? Would you rather? I like it. First. You prefer the first, Tony? 2022 first, yeah, sorry. It's it's uh it's so it's not your fault, mate. It's a vague question because I you ca- I kind of need to know what I'm doing. Um, am I win now? No, you don't. I, you don't need later? to know anything. Well, then you know what? Make your own assumptions, bro. We looked at the depth chart before the Dolphins, and I think that they're underrated. I think that a healthy tour with an off season with weapons gets them down to the goal line more often this year. The backup running backs on that team um, don't jump off the page. Give me Gaskin. I just took a look at what Jake Funk actually looks like as a person. I am abandoning all efforts to get, to get this guy. He's I have no idea. Please elaborate. Funky, funky uh, dude. My my last my last trade my last trade question for you guys, and somehow they all have Dobbins in them almost. Um, so. In a Superflex League, 14-team Superflex, for a little bit of context, would you rather have Dak Prescott and J.K. Dobbins or Tua Jefferson and a 2022 first? Yeah, I thought I was going to say the first one pretty easily, but then, yeah, that's uh, that's tempting too. Yeah, if I'm... uh... If I'm ready to win this year or thinking I'm capable of win this year, then, yeah, the first, if it's more of a toss-up or, or rebuilding, then definitely the latter just for that first. I, I value draft picks probably a lot more than most. But, yeah, Dak uh, has some question marks on coming back from his his injury. So, But his obviously his upside is top three QB. Um, Tua also very wide range in terms of his ceiling and his floor. I'm not as high on him as, as most, but uh, yeah, he, he certainly got the potential, especially with the, a lot of uh, options with uh, that Miami offense, like you mentioned, Andrew. Yeah, I'm thinking, I mean, yeah, it can go either way, just depending on the quality of my team. So I, I'm going to say in a in a vacuum, uh, Dak and uh, JK. I was a, I thought we were going to land on the same side there for the first time, but we're not. I'm, I'm thinking the two aside. Um... Um, Justin Jefferson for me could finish the year as a wide receiver one sure. as far as um, being right up there in that same Tyreek Hill conversation for me. Um, if we believe in Tua and his weapons and, and that team, they've got a solid defense. We'll see what happens with Howard. Um, but then the pick on top of all of that, I think it's just a cherry on top for me. Um, if we're looking at value of both sides of this, I, I, I'm going to go on the Tua side. So for perspective, per this forum, 83% of feedback on that favored the Dak Dobbins versus the Tua Jefferson 2022 first. Um, without, without knowing too much about roster construction, I don't know. I'd be hard-pressed to – I do like the Tua Jefferson in 2022 first. I guess it depends on – where that 2022 first lands also true potentially yeah, in a 14 team league yeah yeah and what sort of running backs i'm sitting on 
to give away Dobbins and receive, basically lose a running back and gain a wide receiver. Um, so, but I don't know. I, that one, it is tight. It's it's closer than I would think where 83% would favor Dak Dobbins. A lot of those forms are really uh, tribal. Well, like they, they tend to lock into certain hype. And so Darnell Mooney is going to be a, a super wide receiver this year, or uh, I can't think of any, all the other guys that are, are standing out and people can't stop talking about. But yeah, I think a lot of people are just saying one, the JK hype. I'm not a big believer in it, but I think just Dak coming back is uh, a chance for him and Zeke to kind of turn back into the, the major fantasy players that they have been in the past. It would, it would be interesting to know the other quarterbacks on those teams as well. <clears throat> um, because I know that despite Dak's, injury our unofficial sideline reporter tonight ezekiel elliott said that he's fine and he looks like he's going to be a go obviously for week one he was a monster week one through week five before the injury last season and it was in part due to the inefficiencies of their defense um you know he was just amazing he was probably going to finish the season i don't know top three quarterback on fantasy points possibly Oh, if not number one, I mean, looking at those, those numbers were just, they were stupid. Yeah. They were just so down every game. It, it, they were just throwing all the time. Um, yeah. So he would be, you know, he's the safer quarterback, right? Out of him and um, Tua, especially considering we didn't see it, what we wanted to from him last year. But as, as I've kind of argued for him already, additional weapons, um, full off season, full uh, year um, from the hip injury. This is kind of, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the same as Daniel Jones, but it's similar in a way that everything's in place for him, just like Daniel Jones is with the Giants. Let's see how good this guy really is. But yeah, I'm on the two aside. I, I, I almost talked myself out of it though. I've got another trade proposal to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, I'm not going to say on which side I'm on because I actually have multiple shares of both guys. Uh, say you're a team that's reasonably competitive, like you're probably going to make the playoffs, but you're not in that top two or three kind of most competitive teams, and you've got Cam Akers on your team. And mm-hmm. say the other team offers you just straight up Daryl Henderson. So it's basically kind of a one-year rental for that same running back situation. Don't need to go into the other running backs, all the other circumstances, just kind of straight up in the Dynasty League. Cam Akers for Daryl Henderson. No. No? Is is Daryl Henderson expected to be your RB one or RB two in that scenario? If you he'd probably be a, he'd probably be a flex in that circumstance. Like he wouldn't be the either a top two guy, but he's probably a regular starter in that flex spot. It it, it kind of goes back to my unknown role for him in that offense. I wouldn't feel confident in it. Um, if he was my number one running back off the bench, I mean, even then, I mean. You're losing acres for a year, but ah, uh, it's it's tricky. Did I? I feel like I shared this with one of you two guys. Um, the rehab of players who have suffered that same injury at the running back position, who have come back and had success in the league, and it's there's not many. Yeah, there really isn't. Um, Although at the same time, though, the uh, the kind of technology for that sure. surgery and process is apparently leaps and bounds ahead of what it was even five years ago. So I, I yeah. guess the recoveries now are significantly better than they were when this happened back in the early and mid to, in mid 2010s. 
it, it, it's a tough one, but I don't think I'd make the trade straight up. If I was to make the trade, I'd, I'd want something additional on top of Hansen. That's fair. I agree with that. And, you know, walking it back a little bit, I do, I agree with the risk about and concern over the, uh, the Achilles injury. You know, that's one that was alarming and you don't see, there's not a whole ton of players that come back and play 100% after that, but we have seen some players come back from it um, and be serviceable. But uh, that is risky. Uh, Tony, I guess from that point of view, my feedback, I do think I could get, you could get more um, in that situation. You know, I'd feel more comfortable with, you know, Daryl Henderson, I hate to say, you know, at least a second round draft pick, you know, or honestly, I think you could still squeeze Henderson in a first round draft pick for acres. Interesting. Um, I just, I still think he's, I mean, he's hurt that, 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 that is reality. It's dynasty. He'll come back next year or should come back next year. Um, I don't know. It's, I think you can get more though, um, than just a straight trade off. He got hurt at the right time of the season. That's you fair. hate to say it, but he's, he's got the longest amount of time to rehab now and, and be ready to go again next year. Andrew, you have any current trades that you want to let, <laughs> let me, let showcase? Me, let me just throw a quick one at you guys. It's oh, God. I your reaction here. <laughs> oh, it's exactly what you think it is. What would you guys think if um, you received Darren Waller in exchange for Travis Kelsey and a 2024 second <laughs> round pick? Make sense of this one, lads. In a league with a five-year dynasty time yes. frame? Yes, 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 and yes. No tight end premium, PP1D. One tight end, one super flex. How old's Kelsey right now? 31. 31. Okay. There's been, I'll, I'll be honest, there's mm-hmm. been, and not just in this league, I've seen it in a few others as well, quite a lot of Darren Waller love recently, and I don't feel like I've seen reports that have boosted that. Um, so it's interesting where it's coming from. He's a top tight end on that team, and they're, they're going to rely on him considering the wide receiver options, but I don't know what's changed. Well, I, I did note, and I don't know if you noticed this, in, in our loaded league, uh, Eric took Waller before Kittle, which I thought mm-hmm. was kind of surprising. Yeah, I thought he was kind of the clear kind of TE3 after Kelsey and, and Kittle this year. Um, in, in a dynasty format, obviously, it's a little bit different. But yeah, I think uh, the, the Waller hype is kind of building especially because Ruggs and, and all the other guys on, on the wide receiver core haven't really shown that they can really be that guy, that Waller is going to get another 110, 115 receptions again this year. And just to and, note, because um, I know, Nate, you, you'll have some input on this, but Kelsey did sign a four-year extension in August. So the Chiefs, at least, are hoping that he's around for um, a, a little while now. Um, when that expires, I can find out, but... Go ahead. August, with, uh, August is only five five days old. I had to be pretty soon then. Looks like. August Looks 13, like, 2020. Yeah. Okay. So he's going to be a free agent in 2026. So given the duration of the league, his contract with the Chiefs would keep him there. I mean, he's, he's been healthy. healthy. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know. Yeah. That, that second round pick is going to be pretty low. I think we can all kind of assume that. Uh, so not a ton of value there, but yeah, I think Kelsey for Waller straight up. I, I like Kelsey still. I mean, he, he's been healthy as long as he stays that way. Waller's got a lot of, uh, kind of a lot of mileage on the tires, I guess. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that about his kind of history. Uh, so they're not thinking his durability is going to be quite there in terms of relative to Kelsey, who's, I don't know if he's really even missed a game at this point, has he? I don't remember the last time. Uh, Kelsey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I swear he's missed some time. I swear he's injured a year or two ago. Yeah, 16-16. Yeah, he, he missed uh, one game last year and one game in 2017, but he's played every season, every game uh, since 2014. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I probably, I probably still go Kelsey, to be honest, um, on that yes. one. Just because yeah. I... Straight up five-year term frame, yeah. Yeah, I'll take the draft pick. I'll take Kelsey. And at the very least, to be honest, I could probably flip him for more than Waller mid-season when he's just like racking up TDs and especially to a team like after the top five or six tight ends I mean there's a a lot of people think there's a pretty massive drop-off after Hawkinson and Pitts or whatever but the next year down after them and uh and Mark Andrews and uh Kittle Waller and Kelsey everybody after that is pretty mediocre so yeah if you're getting an extra five or six points per game out of out of one of those guys you can absolutely kind of sling him around for a pretty good return. And what happens if Waller duds out the first four games of the season because Carr is struggling? Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like the uh, you want to cap, in my opinion, you want to capitalize on the value of players. And I, I don't know. To me, I think I could capitalize more on Kelsey than I could on... Waller, and even though maybe Kelsey isn't my long-term option, I could probably flip him for that long-term option. You know, maybe you can make a move. Would you rather try to push Kelsey for Kittle somehow? Would you like? That's closer. That's closer for me. Yeah. The um, Kelsey for me has the higher floor and the higher ceiling. Um, so when I, I, I'm not sure how, what your guys' reaction was to see in the trade, but I thought that the pick was with Waller. And that's how the trade had been leveled yeah. out. And then I, I took another look and saw, no, it was Kelsey and the pick. But we all you're, know that, yeah. yeah we, we all your know, trade partner hates, hates draft picks. Exactly. You know, if Dan's got a draft pick in his in his pocket, then he's just trying to get rid of it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll trade we'll it for see. a beer. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> we could up five years from now uh, when we're doing this podcast and we're massively successful in our mansions. We could be, um, you know, have a bit of egg on our face and Dan's strategy could have been fantastic. So I've got one real league trade scenario. Would you rather have, and it's lo and behold, J.K. Dobbins again. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have J.K. Dobbins or DJ Moore and a 2022 second round pick? Hmm. Let you go first, Danny. Details again, please. As far as players? Yeah, who else involved now? Uh, J.K. Dobbins or DJ Moore and a 2022 second round pick. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I like DJ Moore's kind of situation now that um, that Samuel went to Washington and he's going to be the clear WR1 for who I think Sam Darnold's going to have a halfway decent year, at least better than he had with the Jets. Uh, so I think he's going to have opportunity. Uh, and, and again, J.K. Dobbins, high, high, uh, high ceiling, but who knows what his true potential is. I mean, assuming I've got some other running backs, uh, I would probably go Samuel or... Um, Smith. Uh, yeah. More? Did, more? More. Yeah, one of those. Five, one of those Smith. five years. More. <laughs> the receiver <laughs> that's catching balls from Sam Darnold. The Steve Smith? Panthers quarterback. <laughs> fucking Steve elite. Smith. Maybe, that's what, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that uh, that guy from seven years ago. <laughs> I, I, it's going to be a, there's a first for everything. I'm agreeing with you, Tony. Um, I'm, on, yeah. I'm on the Steve Smith bandwagon as well here. Uh, no, I'll go with DJ Moore. Um, I think that now he's got Donald. I think he'll flourish. The The Dobbins side of it for me, the negative is just going to be he's playing with Lamar Jackson. Um, if yep. he wasn't playing with a quarterback that's just going to steal those goal line touchdowns mm. uh, and even run it in from 10 yards, 20 yards out, that's going to hurt him. And he's not the pass catching back. So... Um, it might look good on paper for him to be the RB1 on that team, but give me DJ Moore. And there was a pick involved as well? Yes. Yeah, give me that side of it. Technically, Tyrell Williams was part of the DJ Moore side too, but look, I'll leave that name off. The Gazelle? I, I, I like Tyrell. I mean, I do. The, the dude can be a WR1 with the Lions on a very shitty passing offense probably, but still, I mean, he's going to get his uh, opportunity for, for, for uh, receiving, receptions too. There's not many. There's not many options to throw to in that offense outside of it's. You'd probably say they may lean on Hawkinson, but and uh, it's it's Brashad Perriman and Amon Ross St. Brown, I believe, is his name. The the rookie. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's opportunity that if Tyrell's problem has always been health for me. Mm-hmm. It was a good season, I think, when he was playing with Rivers on the Chargers, um, when he kind of showed everyone what he could do, but. Um, the last couple of seasons, he's been cut down by injuries. It, it, you know, it's not too dissimilar to Perriman's career path in a way, but maybe the two of them could have a bit of spark together with Hawkinson and Jared Goff decides to start playing well. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being too optimistic about the lines. That's that's all I had in terms of trades, Tony. I appreciate you throwing one in there as well. You're welcome. <laughs> Andrew, I suppose you don't want to mention, you know, you're Lamar Jackson for uh, uh, Brandon Cooks. And yeah, yeah, we'll leave that one out there. Um, well, I think it's it's been a good podcast. It's a good quick session as far as I say quick. You know, it's been an hour, but my emails you know, are quick, Nate. Hey, hey, talking through news and notes. You know what's going on in the league. Talking through, you know, just different scenarios um, and what we're looking like in potential quarterback situations and what that means, and then tra- trade scenarios. Um, I think there's a it's a good conversation. Hopefully, a lot of stuff that people can actually take and learn something from what we discussed. Hopefully, I certainly learned a lot tonight. Yeah, a lot about J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> yes, trade value very. Dobbins. Tight end now. Dobbins. <laughs> Dobby. 
Old Dobby. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Anyways, no, I, I appreciate the conversation tonight. And I think what we'll probably try to get now that we have preseason officially going, which I did not realize that Haskins was Back playing up. for the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, I really hope I he gets know. a chance to play some play some actual games this year. We'll see. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, his chances will be limited. Um, but I don't know. I think if we can keep this going on a weekly basis, I think that's the goal for this podcast to probably ramp it up now that we have games going. Um, I'm sure we'll see as daily fantasy kicks off, too. I think that might kind of worm its way into conversations as well. Because um, I know there's a few of us that just cannot quit daily fantasy football um but i think it's a good chat and i look forward to speaking to you guys next week maybe actually i'll be in cancun fuck that we'll speak <laughs> we'll speak longer longer than that we'll call you on the beach bro i will not answer or if i do it's gonna be gibberish <laughs> give me another pina colada enjoy your margarita Yell on uh, show well. you guys have a great night you as well, sir. All right. Good night, Good night listeners. <laughs>